Warning, the views expressed on this podcast are only the ideas and thoughts of E.G. Mushmouth and Action Mushmouth Jackson and their guests and should not be taken as a definitive research tool for purposes of consuming mushrooms. All mushrooms are poisonous unless proven otherwise by an expert on hand. Do men stand alone, traveling through lands unknown, bringing skills finally home, from the forest into your home? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first edition of Monterey Mushmouth Podcast, recorded here March 2nd, 2018. In Monterey, no less. Indeed. And as we like to start off with, each time we start with the roll call. And to my left is E.G. Mushmouth. Present. And to my right is Action Mushmouth Jackson. Present. All right, E.G., let's uh, start with the, the first issue of the day, and what we'd like to start off with is, what's up with uh, mushrooms today? And today we had a barn burner of a good day, which is probably why we're starting this podcast today, because, boy, we got some stuff to discuss. It was a good day, no doubt. Rain, it is coming down, and unseasonably so, but certainly welcome, and I had heard, and so has my partner, E.G. Mushmouth, that there's been grumblings that there are still porcinis to be found. And even though it just started raining again, we decided if people are finding them, let's go out and uh, see if we can find some ourselves. Let's give it a shot, yeah. And that's what we did. And uh, first off, I took E.G. to a spot, a very unlikely spot, that he showed me where Chicken of the Woods has been harvested by himself. And unbeknownst to him, I went there to that very same stump and found Chicken of the Woods is just starting to bubble up. Let's not uh, forget that you went behind my back. As I thought we had agreed that we're not going to go to each other's spots without uh, consulting one another, but... Well, I, you know, I, I, I hear that, and I do definitely endorse that, but I didn't really go there with the intention of harvesting. I just walked by it and saw it, and I did harvest one little chunk, which I wanted to show you and have you identify to make sure that it's what it was, because I was only 90% sure, and having never had it before, 90% is not good enough. you got to be 100%. So, after you finally got done with your job and came back, I brought you over there first thing today, and I think that that's as close as you're going to get to me adhering to the rules. Ladies and gentlemen, this is where the real problem begins. You've got to be careful oh, we go. of your God-blessed spots. You don't share them. It's, uh, Jackson here is one of my best mushroom hunting buddies, but here he goes. Sneaking around to my secret little spots, and uh, sure enough, okay, okay, sure enough, I I found it, and hey, 
I don't know when you might have uh, stumbled back on it, but I discovered it. And luckily, it's just now boiling out. And we harvested a good 10 ounces off of it. And it's not even really uh, begun. But with all fairness, I have shown you some John Dandy mushroom spots, which we cleaned up at today. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. I found a couple uh, nice porcinis at Jackson's spot. It's a little, uh, uh, little place in between some houses, and uh, uh, we'll call it we'll call it uh, Black Valley uh, for purposes we'll of call it Black Valley. Yes, we will. Because <laughs> we're trying not to on this show. We're trying not to tell everybody where these spots are because, of course, we don't want anybody else bum rushing our spots. But at the same time, we are more than welcome to receive. Uh, your listener footage and tell us where your uh, awesome spots are because we're not averse to going there. Right. Um, uh, We'd love to go check out your spots. Uh, We'll rate them, and if they're good enough spots, we'll actually name them after you. That's right. If you want to get famous in the mushroom community, by God, we're the people to do it for you. Here we go. All right, so what's the next thing? Uh, 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 well, let's tell the listening audience what we did with these mushrooms. We found all right. five bitchin' porcinis and the pictures thereof, which we should have taken more, but but I took a few yeah, uh, pre-sliced and on the ground and also post-sliced and in my kitchen. Right. And what we did is uh, before we sliced them up, we uh, harvested them and... Uh, Got a steak and some wines to go with it and some asparagus and a potato and all the fixins. even though the real front runner and the star of the show was, in my opinion, it was the chicken of the woods because I'd never had that before. And oh, my goodness. It is fantastic. Chicken of the woods. Uh, bright yellow mushroom that grows off the side of uh, uh, dead uh, trees by and large dead trees uh, again we don't want to give you too much information because we do not want you stealing our chicken of the woods god damn you people and we don't want you finding any mushroom on the side of any tree and thinking it's chicken of the woods and going ahead and cooking it up yourself right it is or it isn't but like we said in the disclaimer everything needs to be uh, identified by an expert right or you will die. You will act, You will die. You will shit out your liver. And with that said, even mushrooms that are extremely desirable, porcinis, chanterelles, morels, they can still be poisonous by what it grew out of or what somebody pissed on or something died near it. Grown next to it. Even, uh, even, even a very desirable mushroom needs to be cooked before eating and that much needs to be said, but let's not uh, uh, dwell on that part. All right. Let's get into the dinner, which was astounding. And now we are in that post-dinner bliss where we had no less than three bottles of wine and several beers and uh, uh, some tri-tips, which just turned out fantastic. But we sautéed the chicken of the woods. Yeah, and I don't think it's uh, divulging too much to say that this chicken of the woods came off of a dead eucalyptus tree, which, if you look at uh, the Google, not everybody who likes chicken of the woods is okay with the chicken of the woods that grows off of eucalyptus. Right. you got to try 
a few little bites, hang out for an hour, well, see let's if not, it... let's not give any expert advice. you got to consult an expert. Don't consult th- an expert in all things, but of right. course, uh, it was a problematic situation, but my stomach, my stomach, which is like that of a seagull, no. handled it just fine. All right, so... Uh... That was a, that was an amazing day as far as mushroom forays go. Yeah, five porcinis, which weighed at least four pounds. Yeah, and uh, some were mature, and some were just recently popping out of the ground. Those perfect little rocks that you really want, right? And we sautéed them up and ate as many as we could. But of course, the thing to do is dehydrate some for later. That's right. This, this rain will not be here forever. Right. And being it should have already been the end of the season, we're lucky to have these. So we're kind of uh, cashing back as much as possible at this point. That's right, E.G. Mushmouth. Have you, tell me, E.G., have you ever picked up a porcini in March before? This has to be the first year. And I remember, I've only been in this game for about five or six years, and... The porcinis I've found heretofore are all in November and December. Right. You might get lucky at the foot of January, but I've never seen any February mushrooms, let no. alone March. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, uh, weather. Weather seems to be uh, getting crazier and crazier, so the mushrooms are popping out in uh, strange times. And with that said, hey, and this recent deluge, uh, the mushrooms that come from this deluge. Theoretically, we'll be here in a week or two, and we are definitely going to be out there, and we're going to tell you all exactly what we found, if not where we found them. Right. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna keep pressing forward. We thought the year had ended. Uh, didn't think we we're gonna have much to talk about, but uh, the mushrooms are a popping. Yeah, and in a way we got lucky, and in another way, we didn't. We're just catching up to the, what we didn't really find in November and December because it was dry up until November. Yeah, and then we started getting rains, and right. we thought, okay, here comes the bumper crop. Let's go for it, and we kept going out and finding nothing, getting stumped on our even our best spots, our our yeah. go to spots, and then they start popping, and you hear about it, and. When I had given up all hope, and I told you about this, E.G., I just went mm-hmm. for a walk through the woods right. with a buddy of mine, right. Derek Snakebite. And we're walking through the woods, and oh my goodness, this here comes this, this dude who's okay. walking by me with a stolen Safeway shopping <laughs> hand basket, right. which is good because it's porous, and uh, I recommend yeah. that for anybody who's looking for mushrooms, is right. have a porous bag or a porous basket so that... The spores can fall out as you go. Right. And this guy has got a bumper crop in there with the most picture-perfect gems combined with porcinis that haven't even seen the light of day. They're they're white. Right. Just This guy's like a truffle pig. Right. I knew his name at one point, but I was so uh, jealous of the fact that, okay, he's already fixed and found my spot, but he's found all the goods that were there and goods that were not even, you know, uh, what were they? They were subterranean. Right. That's the thing. They haven't even got and past the uh, pine needle level. Right. And I get what he's doing. He uh, he thought, okay, 
if I wait for them to pop out, somebody else will uh, find them because this uh, Black Valley is a pretty uh, popular spot for looking for mushrooms. And indeed today, as we went out, I saw two other hunters that were out there. Mm -hmm. And the one kid uh, whose name I never did get, but uh, yeah, he he was like, he was on fire. He right. was he was he was poking his stick into every little bit of ground. This kid would full camouflage, running around in the woods, um, just uh, uh, having on a, a mission. This up and down was, the hills. This kid was dedicated, and yeah. I hope to see him again because I'd like to have him here as a guest speaker. Yeah. However, one of the things we will address with him is that after this one bit of ground that he had already passed up. I walked right through that ground, not even looking down all that well. Mm -hmm. And there comes E.G. behind me, and he sees this luscious little gem, the smallest porcini that we found, which was a three, four-inch cap. God damn it if it wasn't just popping out. And he found that one like a bird dog. Yes, sir. And those are really what you like, that little rock that bugs have not had a chance to get to. Yep. Yeah, just uh, uh, people pass by him every day. There's uh, uh, the idea that there are people that are going through these mushroom areas. They walk by him all the time, just at a little uh, uh, different angles, different spots, that uh, uh, points of view that it's easy to miss. Right. So if there's a moral to this story, E.G., I think it is, and I believe my buddy Frank said it best. Uh, Frank Militia said, he's like, hey, Nobody can get them all. Even if the best guy goes out there, he's going to miss some. And, you know, if you if you take the time and you go out there and you love being outside and in nature, which, of course, we do. Right. You will find one. As my dear departed father always said, even a blind pig finds an acorn once in a while. <laughs> he said that to me an, uh, an alarming amount of times. Huh. Oh, he's trying to push crossed. Cross, I think he was trying to... Uh, belittle me and let me know that I'm kind of stupid when when I would brag to him about my uh, exploits or something that landed really well, right. a joke, a thing in school, uh, getting lucky with a girl or whatever else it was. <laughs> he was Yeah, yeah. He'd roll his eyes back and look at me and say, even a blind pig finds an acorn once in a while. And I thought about that for a while, and I thought to myself, wouldn't it make more sense... A blind squirrel. I mean, I know Iberico pigs live on acorns, and they make that beautiful ham out of Spain. But squirrels are much more uh, interested in acorns than pigs are. Right, right. Wouldn't, right. It have, wouldn't it have been a better line that way? I think that's my posthumous dig at my dear departed father. <laughs> this is, a, this is a, uh, yeah, the... The disc sun strikes back. Yes, there we go. <laughs> Obviously, some disgruntled feelings that uh, are uh, maybe maybe that's what this podcast is for. Is for us uh, because there's definitely a revenge portion of this podcast. We have it on our outline. Oh, there's going to be revenge. Okay, well maybe maybe we're working right into the revenge uh, portion right now. Perhaps that is our segue. Who do we need to get revenge uh, with? God, I'm glad you asked. What about Cal M Water? Cal M Water is the most despicable company this side of Halliburton. And yeah, I'll tell you why. I'm glad you mentioned that. EP. I bet Dick Cheney has his hand in Cal Am somehow. I would not be the least little bit surprised, in which case they're equally deceitful. 
<laughs> but uh, what I know about Cal-Am water, and I recently went to a meeting where they proposed a, a rate hike, and uh, they, they talk first, and they get up there, and they say, uh, you know, if you don't vote for this measure where we uh, tax everybody another uh, $2.16 a month or a year, or forget whatever it is. Right. And it seems like a small number, and it may be, but in this county and in this state, mm. no one in America pays more for water than we do. Right. And it's like, it's like air and food. Even more important, you can't live without water. Right. It's second right. only to air. Yeah. And if they can figure out a way to sell us that, by God, they'll do it. Yeah. And so my biggest bitch uh, getting into this thing was one day I was walking on the Carmel Valley River with my girlfriend, and we see the river is actually flowing, which is not a, a, a daily occurrence. Sure. And I'm just a little bit west of Quail Lodge, and... One of the things my girlfriend and I like to do is save uh, creatures that are dying. And we did this Mm -hmm. uh, one time in puddles that we found uh, in uh, Black Valley. Uh And, uh, yeah, we saw a sunny puddle where tadpoles are. uh, So we got the the kit to grab the tadpoles out because they're all going to die. Of course, they won't come to fruition as frogs. And so she says, hey, we still got that equipment. Let's grab some of these tadpoles. And I'm like, okay, well, the river's here. And... The tadpoles are in good shape. They're not really distressed. Please, 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 can we? Okay. Next week, we go back there, and the river is gone. It was 20 feet wide at that spot and at least a foot deep, two feet in some spaces, which is a decent river for what we're used to. Yeah. And it's bone dry. As I'm walking on the riverbed... Mm-hmm. Where right past a sign from Cal Am saying dangerous area, don't 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 tread here. Sure, sure. Fuck them. This is my river. <laughs> okay. This is everybody who lives here river. And it's everybody who lives here's water. Anyway, we go up the stream a little ways and what do we see but these pools, like tide pools, with the most desperate creatures. I mean, these the water is boiling like black tar with all these tadpoles right, and right, small right, right, right. fry. And there are a few big fish in there. Those are the only things you can really see because they're white, yeah. belly up, and right. on the bottom, they're, they were sculping. Sure. So we find all this small fry, these sculping, and perhaps there was rainbow trout uh, fry in there as well. But certainly a lot of tadpoles of all the different frog species. Mm-hmm. So we start bailing them out, bailing them out. We finally found one sculping. The biggest one we found was uh, five or six inches. Uh-huh. And I kept that guy right here on this coffee table where we're co- recording this podcast. This glass coffee table. Top. Yeah, for about a week. Now, the thing was very shy, and it hid underneath the log that we put there. Uh-huh. And only at night would it come out. And we fed it, and we aerated the water and the tadpoles and everything else. Huh. And then I felt guilty about it and said, okay, we're going to go uh, into Carmel Valley and release them at Rosie's Bridge, where we released uh, most of the other small fry that survived. Right. And we just kept the tadpoles, and we... Uh, raised them into frogs by feeding them boiled spinach. That's the way you do it. Is that and, no shit? Yeah, and then they wow. uh, they sprout legs and they come crawling out of the primordial ooze. Uh-huh. And there's, uh, there's a there's a small ladder that's made for this. For yeah, yeah. Okay. The amphibians are no longer water stage. They start coming up. Right. All right. Well, now that they're frogs, tiny little guys, right? Oh. Cutest things ever. Now, what will fit in their mouth? They don't eat plant life anymore. Now they want right. protein. They, want, they bugs. want bugs. Yeah. So, 
some pet stores sell these uh, wingless fruit flies. And yes, uh, you go and buy them and you stick them in there. You can actually buy wingless fruit flies. Wingless fruit flies. I found them at the Del Monte Shopping Center at the Petco. That is a freaking dark uh, uh, industry. It is. <laughs> Bringing flies without wings? Well, no, they got wings. They're just crumpled and they can't use them. And once, okay. well, once in a while, one figures it out and they fly around. But All right. they're in these jarred things and they come on this bed of, uh, well, there's there's straw. Yeah. But there's also something that looks very much like bacon grease, like fatty lard. And that's clearly what they eat. Right, sure. And uh, so, all right. They don't do a whole lot of breeding. You get about maybe a hundred out of there. Mm-hmm. But once you stick them in there, and the frogs gobble them all up, and yeah. then then you see these things, and the fly shits all over the place, so you can't really tell how many you've actually got. Mm. But then when you start knocking them in there, and you realize, oh shit, no real live specimens are coming out. Right, right, right. Like, oh, it's time to get another one. Well, you go to the pet food supply store, and they don't have any more. Oh, we're out for a while. Okay, well. Then you go to all the other pet food stores. If they're out too, that's a death sentence for your little guys. You can't feed them like just little uh, mealworms or something like this? It's too big for their mouth. And they do have small mealworms. And as soon as they get big enough, yes, indeedy. So that's do they what have we did. To, do they have to eat like live food? Or can you cut the mealworms in pieces? Or, or, or are they... Uh... Yeah. And uh, you no, if it's not live, they won't eat anything once it's okay. dead. Oh. But uh, at one point, yes, uh, we did feed them mealworms. And uh, just like in that Rick and Morty episode where... Uh, where uh, I don't know the, if you the, can the, say the, that, the black... that, 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 that show. Honestly. Oh, maybe we can't. Well, yeah. anyway, on that uh, super cool cartoon that we're about to bleep out, right? there was a black president mimicking uh, Obama. And he says, uh, he says yeah, uh, we got a problem down in the basement and uh, we want you guys to go and fix it. Mm. It's just to the left of the uh, Abraham Lincoln Slave Coliseum. And then he says, "Yes, he didn't free them all." Well, in that in that in that in that uh in that uh, breath and depth, yes, uh, my girlfriend and I did not release all of our frogs and at one point we realized they're probably too stupid now to, to survive in the wild. So so what we did is we kept a few of them and uh, one was named Kerm Kerm and that uh, that guy's still alive and Huh. Still getting fed mealworms, and uh, we also nicknamed him the Angel of Death because every time, every time I would, it was feeding time. Uh-huh. I would always pr- play Slayer's Angel of Death, <laughs> and uh, and as I'd put him I in there, I don't know we can say that either. So. The screaming, the scream, <laughs> and then out he comes, and bingo, bango. All right. I got that idea from a uh, movie with uh, Anthony Hopkins called mm. Silence of the... Oh, I probably can't say that, that either. either. Yeah, uh, yeah, where they uh, have those pigs that are uh, <laughs> trained to only eat things that scream. All right. All right. Very nice. So, yes, um, Cal-Am is an evil empire because, first and foremost, it's publicly traded. And as such... In addition to the cost of the plumbing and the parts and uh, the labor of people that need to we plumb to and parts and pipe the water, stockholders, the shareholders. Yeah, the shareholders. Right. So if we all sign up for uh, 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 free water now, or what did the signs on the street say? There's one right by your house. Um, um, public water now. Right. Right. If right, we were right, to right. do that and oust Calam water. Mm-hmm. By God, 
we would be taking over their pipes, their things, and we'd sure. have to pay them out. And then we would not be paying dividends to shareholders. We'll just be paying for the water that we all need to survive. Sure, sure. We pay for the labor to make it all happen and, and the mechanics, and that's it. Not shareholders, not uh, uh, people who own the company who have nothing to do with it other than gather the all these uh, factions together. Rich. Right. And okay. so I mentioned that at the meeting, E.G., and let me just right. close by this. I, I, everybody's talking about the money. Everybody's talking about how we're all overpaid or they're, they're overpaid and, mm-hmm. and that they're making more money. Uh, their shareholders are making more money than shareholders of Verizon Wireless and all these other comparables that they were saying. Off of but, water. Uh, off of water that we all need. And they want to make us pay even more. Okay, that's absurd. But I said, you know, if these com- if this company that turns on their pumping station at Quail Lodge, which makes the river not flow anymore mm-hmm. and kills everything, a holocaust, everything west of Quail Lodge, all 10 miles or whatever it is to the sea, mm-hmm. this is a company that cares so little for the environment that they're happy to kill everything instead of leaving a little trickle that would they could maybe survive in. This is the same company that wants to put a desal plant in mm-hmm. Monterey Bay, which we also consider to be a marine sanctuary. Sure. Okay. They want to put that in to create more water out of the seawater, which is the most desperate environmental holocaust you can have. It's the most expensive pot of boiling water you can have. So, and so you in order to do that... But hold on. So, the, the, so, so you don't think that they can actually do a, uh, uh, a desal that is... Uh, uh, environmentally safe. Environmentally sound. At the very least. Let's say it was environmentally sound and that they made salt out of it and they sold the salt and and they didn't pump the the brine back into the the sanctuary, which is the big problem. Right. What are we doing with that water? Fat cats that are interested Mm. in development, uh, all these new developments that are coming up and ones that are proposed, uh, Monterey Downs, all this other stuff. As soon as you increase the water that we have, you increase the carrying capacity of the land. Mm -hmm. And the second you do that, developers and water credits are such that they snap up all that stuff and create a a, a need. They create mouths for this new water that was here to make everything easy. So now you need another desal plant. And now we have more people crowding the Monterey Peninsula. And it influences developing development because you're increasing the carrying capacity of the land. Well, I understand that, but at the same time, it's a uh, we, we we obviously need to kind of keep a uh, 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 an idea of how many people can be here and how much water we can even put, even through a, a desal operation. Right. It, it seems to me like with a desal operation, they could. Uh, um, okay, so all water goes back to the ocean no matter what, okay? And all salt goes back to the ocean no matter what. And it's just what concentrations end up back in there is where the issue lies. Right, and what do you do with it? And when you consider this deluge that we have, and I see millions of gallons rushing right out in front of my street down into the storm drain, Mm. we need to figure out a way to recapture the water. Because when it rains, everybody thinks, oh, okay, we're out of the drought because all this water came down. That just makes everything green. It's not a matter of how much water hit the ground. Mm. It's how much water you can save. That is the that key. That has to, always been my thought on that's like the key how do you to whether or not you're that. in a drought. That's the key to how we decide whether right. we've killed most yeah, of the Colorado, yeah. 
the Carmel River well, is bad. Well, here's the thing. California is completely, I mean, all, uh, it's got to be somewhere around 80 to 90% of our water goes to agricultural. It's not uh, uh, human consumption at this point as far as all that goes. You might be surprised. You know the biggest uh, uh, claimer of water in L.A. County? Hmm. The Nestle Corporation. The people that brought you the Nestle Crunch. Well, they make a lot of other products, which are all of them Mm. good in their own way, but Nestle is a huge bottler of bottled water. Which nah, also creates plastic, a lot of plastics that okay, we don't yeah, need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, if we're talking pollution, I think we're getting off track a bit. Maybe we are. Honestly. Um, uh, uh, we're kind of drunk at this point. That's true. We have drinking a lot. Um, and we're angry uh, middle-aged gentlemen, so this is the kind of thing we do. Yeah, that's right. And uh, so that, that's, uh, that's, that's, one, that's one of our revenge topics. Do you have right. uh, somebody who needs to be revenged? Should we blast somebody uh, horribly? Because I'm, I'm trying to think. Of, I know, uh, I know, uh, I got a guy. Uh, 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 you seem to be on kind of a roll. So uh, if you have something, I, I'm not in. Re- I'm not feeling vengeful right this second. If I well, had I am. If I had something in my fist. I'd, I, 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 You're I'd a happy-go-lucky guy, e.g. Mushmouth. Most of the time, I'm a bitter, salty old fuck. All right, all right. And most of my people know me as that, and of course, I have spurts that uh, yeah. contradict that, which is the only reason why you're sitting next to me now. <laughs> okay, all right. You know, I'm not uh, Lawrence, who uh, always <laughs> is filled with, "Oh my God, this sucks! This sucks! The sky is falling! I'm surrounded by enemies." All right, we can get into him in a bit. Wait for him to hear this. But all right, here's a maybe maybe humorous <laughs> aside. I don't know if you think this is uh, is cool or whatever, but um, I just recently went to uh, a band for the first time called Gogol Bordello, and I know you are a big fan of them. Huge as, fan of Gogol Bordello, as as should everybody be. Their their right. stick. I mean, they're kind of the. They're kind of the new Oingo Boingo. They got the same vibe. Like it's a they got the so same. Much. They got it's... the same amount of people on stage, and they're really energetic. It's be, what is it like? Eight people? Uh, no, more like nine. There's ten a people. core. Yeah, there's a core member, but then they yeah. also recruited yeah. uh, some of their uh, original lineup, and this was not by mistake or by mm. accident or whatever. I think right. they they hired the Lucky Chops to go on tour with them out of New York. Okay, which is an amazing band, uh, right. including parts of. Too many zoos. Yeah, which is by right now unbelievable. My favorite yes, favorite band. Yeah, right if there's now. one thing we agree on, too many zoos is outstanding. Yeah. And yeah. God, we need to find out how to buy that music. But anyways, to make yeah. a long story endless. And if anybody out there knows how to buy their music, other than uh, uh, a uh, ninety-nine cent uh, download or anything per song, um, actual albums. We're looking for albums. Yes, and I want that too. Because Which is DK why I let that interruption go. <laughs> but uh, to make a long story endless, I go to yeah, see yeah. Gorgel Bodello at in Santa Cruz uh, with the Lucky Chops, and oh my goodness, a good time was had by all. And uh, I got so lucky uh, at three o'clock in the afternoon. There was plenty of tickets, and mm-hmm. by the time I got there at six thirty at night, there were none. Yeah. But I'm good at scalping. I'm a, a, a avid showgoer, and. And I like trinkets. I like things that are... Uh, uh, I, I used to collect ticket stubs, but uh, what are they worth? Now I'm right. interested in collecting posters and getting them signed by bands and people that I consider heroes. Yeah. Actors, Oscars, mm-hmm. none of these people are heroes to me. Real rock stars are heroes to right. me. Yeah, and right. that's why my room here is uh, decorated with 
some uh, some some show posters that uh, I really enjoy. You know, so the thing to is, make a long story. Before we go any further, you and I have never been to a show together. How could that be? That is unthinkable. Oh my goodness! It should have been uh, this last weekend with Gogo Bordello. Of all the the shows, my goodness, you're bigger on them than I am. But yeah, I don't even own one piece of their music. But I was uh, out of town working, and uh, they had an album, and I do like vinyl music, and I should have bought one. But uh, times are tough, and I'm currently unemployed. Right. All right. So anyway, I did strip some of these posters, and Catalyst makes some really nice. Uh, posters to advertise their own shows. And they don't put the same amount of work into it as, say, the Fillmore does, mm-hmm. which is a nice uh, uh, painted one, like that damned poster over there, which yeah, I saw. Yeah. But, uh, and it's not on super good paper like that either. It's becoming a lost art. Concert p- posters right. used to be something pretty uh, uh, right. crazy. Right, and I even remember punk rock flyers. Those were cool. They were yeah, done yeah. with Sharpie and All cut out bits of paper, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, newspapers yeah. and magazines. Right. All right, well, anyway, they make a nice one. And uh, when, during my last show up there, I said, oh, I really want to go see Gogo Bordello. So I grabbed those posters while you know before. Because if you go mm-hmm. the day of and think you're going to get one of those posters, no, right, somebody's right. already torn them all off the wall. Yeah. So I had them in advance, two of them. Yeah. And so I go up to Gogol Bordello, and I see the show, and then at the end of the show, I realize that now's the time to get those signatures, mm-hmm. and I always make a folder out of a pizza box, and, yeah, and I yeah. go out there. But now, instead of getting three guys from a three-piece band, or four guys from Bad Religion, or, or uh, four guys from Echo and the Bunnymen, or... Uh, mm. i I got to get, like, ten guys, and I'd like, because since the Lucky Chops... Some of the horn section did a cameo. I want them mm. to sign it, too, if possible. But, I mean, sure. it's a tall order. I'm looking for ten signatures. Okay. Unbelievably, and standing out in the rain, as a dedicated new fan to this whole scene, <laughs> I get all of them except for the lead singer, a gentleman by the name of Eugene. And of Gogo Bordello. Of Gogo Bordello, yes, sir. Yeah. And so I talked to the fiddle player, uh, a guy whose name I forget, but I could bring the poster out. Super nice guy. Mm. I say, all right, I guess Eugene's in the tour bus. He snuck past me, and that's fine. But would you please be so good as to take my folder and my Sharpie pen Mm. in there and get him to sign this? He's the only signature. I'm a huge fan from now till the end of the days. Perhaps the fiddle player was fiddle-fucking around. Oh, he fiddle-fucked me, didn't he? No, I, he didn't. He, I, I, I do believe he, he was went on in. your side. He had honorable yeah, intentions. Yeah, yeah. I, and, I, uh, I, and he went in. I heard and, the story earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I believe it. I believe he had honorable intentions, but uh, a trick was played on me because <laughs> this pizza box, which is lavish to hold these two posters, had a border where I even had little brackets, please sign here, please sign there, because there's so many people I don't want them to make the thing not an art piece because mm. it's all signatures and no art anymore. So anyways, uh, what, is, what does Eugene do? He signs the pizza box twice in the upper left-hand corner of the poster. Each side. Uh, yeah. yeah, and, and I, th- I think he thought that was super funny uh, to do that or whatever. <laughs> like I'm going to frame the whole goddamn box or whatever. Maybe I should. Now. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not going to. But and it's you more of a conversation. To. I'm going to take his signature out of the box. I'm going to put it on the back of the thing. And, and, All right. And uh, I think he thought that was funny or whatever. But you know, <laughs> I thought about that for a while. And, yeah, the funny. fiddle player thought it was funny too, as he handed it back to me. And I can imagine <laughs> Eugene was 
peering through the tinted window at me. I guarantee seeing how he disappointed was his, his, on his fan, his fan who's sitting out in the rain, not a deluge, but it was raining, and there wasn't anybody else who was looking for these things. Yeah. And uh, so here I am, and so he dogged a brand new fan who is out in the rain waiting for this dude to make his day. That's going to... Who paid a lot uh, and, and had fun and was prepared to, you know, be a, a, a big fan, a big fan. Now I'm only a mediocre fan. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy about it. The show was great. Well, you're either a fan of O.J. Simpson's football playing or you're not. I am. So I'm a huge uh, fan. Uh, uh, Everybody's a fan of his playing. It's just right. whether, whether or not exactly. he killed the lady. Yeah, right, 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 right. So the idea is he's, if you love the show, that's what you love about it. Uh, the actual person And is, that's enough for some people. Okay. Yeah. All right, but when it comes to O.J. Simpson, I am one of a couple people that believes that he didn't do it. Really? I do believe he didn't do all it. Right. And it's now not just the glove okay. didn't fit. Or I, all right, else. I want to change the whole... This is this is not over. Well, we've done everything on this current outline. We could talk about O.J. Simpson, or we could talk about all right. anybody else. We could talk about future guests that we plan on having here. Uh, Scott Stuckey, for example. Sean Royster, oh, to name God. a few. Talk about fucking perfect uh, soil for mushrooms to bloom from. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Also, for a different podcast. Okay. Well, after another little pause here, we are trying to figure out how we're going to wrap up this podcast. And I think we've covered the... uh, the mushrooms at hand and our right. accomplishments, yeah. which were today as great as they've ever been. Great day for mushrooms. I mean, come on. Have we ever pulled five bitchin' porcinis in March? Yes. Well, no, not in March. Not I mean, in March. Yeah. I mean, five, you know, is a good day, in my opinion, on any hunt. You know, depending on how many hours you put into it, but sure, we've seen bumper crops, and with the rain being what it is, obviously, we we kind of got lucky. And climate changes for real, people, and uh, things are not as they were in the past. Yeah, so we're happy with what we gathered. We're happy with what we harvested. We're happy with what we cooked. Mm-hmm. And right now, we had such a bumper crop that we are dehydrating. Uh, what we uh, what we have left for uh, future times? Yeah. Um, well, also in the uh, in the uh, hope that we are going to get more this so called season, which is dragging on way longer than it ever has. All right. I thought uh, that mid February last one uh, was the was the last uh, haul that we were going to pull in, and now all of a sudden people are getting more. So we're extremely happy with that. Yeah. We pulled in a bumper crop. We're saving some in a dehydrator for use in uh, summer and uh, early next winter. Sure. And I think that's good. Um, we discussed uh, Calam water and uh, different revenge uh, subjects, which uh, are near and dear to our hearts. So I clearly have a <laughs> sure. few more that I would like to uh, do. But yeah, we're you trying can to look keep forward each podcast to those in there. Yeah. Yeah, and also looking forward, uh, we will have guest speakers. We plan on doing public service announcements. Yeah, maybe even advertisements uh, unsolicited that uh, or solicited. I don't know. What, what can we get away with? Well, we'll see what we can do. But we're definitely going to uh, give plugs to uh, some uh, people that deserve them. 
businesses we love, we are definitely going to uh, uh, try to boost them as much as we can. And, of course, if you disappoint us, as uh, we've uh, illustrated uh, in the minutes before this, uh, we will burn you at the stake. And, you will uh, end up in the revenge category. You'll end up in the revenge category. And believe you me, people, be good to people. Be good to one another because if we get wind of it, we will burn you at the stake on this soon-to-be-widely and prolifically listen to podcast. Darren Tootin, uh, 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 keep your head up and uh, your eyes on the ground. Indeed. Keep looking down. But shouldn't we end with a joke? All right. You got a joke? I got, I got my favorite go-to one-liner. All right. Let's have it. E.G., what does 80-year-old pussy taste like? There, I'm kind of glad I don't know. Depends. All right. Okay. Hopefully some of you got a chuckle out of that. Yeah. Anyway, until next time, this is Action Mushmouth Jackson and E.G. Mushmouth signing off for our first podcast ever. And I hope we're proud of it. All right. At one point, we'll have some places for you to send your comments back and uh, feedback. There we are. Travel well. Keep looking down. <laughs>